Damaged Goods Podcast. Dude. Yeah. Paris. Yeah. Let, uh, uh, Paris. Uh, uh, the Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, Fear of a Black Planet. Like, kind of like all hit at the same time. What, what age are you right there? Roughly. That would be... I was like freshman year in high school. So you're at an age where you can you can take in the lyrics and actually understand them a little more, digest them. It just doesn't little, sound cool, but little you more, cool. little more, little more. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then and then, well, yeah. I mean, early '90s because then, I mean, everything hit early '90s. Yeah. I mean, perfect time. I was living in the West. I was living in San Francisco at that time. Well, actually, Bay Area's got a great, rich underground history too, man. So I was I was really into uh, the West Coast MCs first, like. Like the Mac Malls and Mac Dre's and Too Short and N Too Deep, Vallejo guys, uh, Young Black Brother Records, uh, just very West Coast at the time. Um, but the biggest shift happened in 1995 when I was in, I lived in Paris, France. Nice place to be. I spent a year in Paris. Um, and so we, like a bunch of, like a lot of people met from a lot of different places. And uh, we, we basically introduced each other to different music. I was like, I was, I was, I was like introducing people to Spice One. Like, this is Spice <laughs> One. And I'm like, this is so dope, Spice One E40. And they were like, this is Nas. I'm like, Nas, okay. I kind of like, I didn't know that. And so like, it was like right around like end of 94, 95 when I heard Cool G Raps, Cool G Rap and Nas do Fast Life. Yeah. And when I, when I studied that the song, remix. when I studied that song, that's when everything shifted because i was like whoa i'm like they're rhyming way more than what i know and my like all the like i always say like the neurons in my head were like they were going back Slow. and forth on the block like i'm a dead rock get blocked on the block like i'm a deus they try to portray it and i, and I was like trying to follow it and hey, yo i got guns from italy smoke trees considerably like all that i was like and so when i heard that song i then became a lyricist like a like i really started to study the lyrics so from that day in 95 till now nothing's changed. it's not a bad song to, to kind of jump start i mean g-rap you a lot of people always think like nas is uh stylistic godfather's rock him but it's really like g-rap mm. uh you know vocal tones and stuff different and especially on that track uh the two of them going back and forth i, I fucking love that record me too that's the shit man it's interesting that because i'm an east coast kid and uh, I, I got into like some like, you know, like Hyro, casual and shit, like all that through skate videos when I was young because I was only listening to East Coast shit. You know I mean? You know? And, you know, you're like a flip side of it. And so that's, that's I don't know. I, I like to hear the shit like that. Yeah. Um, it just keeps your mind open about music. And, you know, I, don't know, I was kind of hard headed when I was young. It took me a long time to get into like Tupac, dude. I didn't like Tupac until I was like 22. It makes sense. And I was, fuck, he's my favorite of all time. Makes, but it took me yeah. so long. It, may, it makes sense because rap at that time, especially, well, I, before that, it was way more regional. Yeah, like, yeah. Went, like, like back then, like, because you could, like, first of all, it wasn't recorded in the beginning. It was just hip hop in the park. It was, you know, the shows at the tunnel, the blah, 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 all this stuff. It wasn't recorded, really. So it was super regional, right? Um, and then like when, you know, in the early, like mid eighties, like with, like with ice T and like coming out like 87 ish, like rock him in 87 on the East coast, like, like too short 88, like, like you just were listening mainly to your region at the time. Right. So it makes sense. Like now everything is, 
sounds, yeah. shit's all sounds homogenized. The same. Sounds, yeah, I, I kind of don't like that. It sounds the same. Like I you like, can't tell the difference yeah. between West Coast, Middle South. Um, I liked it when I heard a dude from Houston. I know. Okay, this, these guys are from Texas. You know, or like the, the regional sound gave it a quality I enjoyed. Not to hate on like people expanding, but like there's cats from my city, from Boston, like artists now that I couldn't tell that they were from Boston versus fucking Atlanta versus Chicago, you know? And it takes away from the uniqueness of each city. I like the, I like hearing that drawl in, in the Bay Area rappers' voices, you know, and pronouncing their R's real hard and shit. You just said... Not to take away from people expanding, I don't think it's expanding. Yeah, that's I. You know, I like to, let, 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 just to call it out, I don't it, think it's. It's expanding. like turning into strip malls. It's like mom and pop restaurants right. gone. Here's a fucking Panera right. bread. Enjoy. Yeah, you know. And that and, and that's that. That's literally the the macro vision of society now. Mm. Everything is is homogenized, gentrified. It's all just yeah. the same. The same shit in a different city. Food. Sound, yeah. uh, music, clothes. I mean, yeah. we, we weren't wearing Tim's in in, in, yeah. in, in, in It's in, too warm. We weren't wearing Tim's out here. So so like it was it was dope when it was it was everything was different. Um, yeah, I mean, dudes weren't wearing Chucks in the East Coast. You know, now I mean, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, I I fucking say that I have a pair of Adidas over there, which is a very Boston thing, and I do have a fucking pair of Vans right next to it. So you can throw rocks at me all day. But uh, the uh, that very professor-like voice you just spoke like a professor, very knowledgeable. Yeah. Is uh, my guest on Damaged Goods this week? He is a transformational rhyme coach. That word is very hard for me to say. Mm-hmm. Transformational. Jeff Walker, a rhyme cologist of rhyme cology, and uh, I got put on you by my man who actually edited my new book. Shout outs to Clayton Abbey. And he's like, "Yo, you got to check this dude out. Try to get him on the podcast." And then. Uh, and I hit you up, and my boy's like, did you hit him up? I was like, yeah, I didn't, hit, I didn't hear back from him. So I, you know, I'm, yeah. I ain't tripping. But then you did get back to me, and I was like, word. This, I, I thought it was interesting because of what you do, and you, you can explain what you do, and I'll tell you why I thought it was interesting, someone you know, teaching or, or coaching what you do. But explain teaching. to the people. You'll, you'll explain it much better than I. It's teaching and, teaching and coaching. Um, yeah, so... Oh, Ryan, you're also an author. He's also an author. Yeah, so look, Rhymecology... <laughs> Rhymecology is a big tree with a lot of branches. Um, and among those branches is coaching and teaching. And uh, the venture that I'm currently uh, engaged in is actually teaching Rhymecology. So it's like a perfect combination. Uh, we started a school called Pendulum Inc. Uh, me and Mickey Fax and Chilla Jones. Chilla Jones, Boston. What up? He, he's been on Damaged Goods. That's my man. Shout out Chilla. Uh, Comic Book Cam and uh, Rap Seminar. We, we put this thing together, and so uh, that so I'll get into that. I'll get into that. But the genesis is Rhymecology helps people express, discover, and create themselves through the use of hip-hop lyrics and culture. Like, you know, what I thought was interesting, there's music schools. I mean, I had a lot of friends who went to Berkeley School of Music in Boston, and, you know, you're learning you know, music theory and all this other shit, how to engineer, and, you know, hip-hop until recently was probably exempt from all these schools. And I came I came up like when I was young, break dancing, sucked at it, you know, writing graffiti and, you know, just rhyming because dudes, older brothers had turntables with, with instrumentals and shit. And I came up like growing up with hip hop and I learned it the old fashioned way, you know. And you never seen it in, in higher education or in any kind of formal structure like what you do. And so I used to have this kind of young Jake the Snake pig headed mentality but like well you can't learn that you, you have to learn it like the way i did like growing up with it 
and that's you know much more mature, a little more uh, um, enlightened now, if you will. And I think it's dope that you can learn it anywhere. But like, I mean, I don't know of any other structure like what you guys. Yo, do. there's a big difference. Okay, so there, so hip hop is in higher education in a lot of places now, but the way we're doing it is so different because they we are we're we're we have we have masters in the field literally teaching so mickey fax lyrical master chilla jones one of the best battle rappers ever comic book cam goes viral with almost every video he puts out right me i created rhyme college which is like hip-hop and therapy mixed in one right so like we're like when we're coming together we're doing things that really haven't been done in an educational space before. Yeah. I know like there's a lot of stuff about like hip hop and how it affects society and there's hip hop history and, and, and some of, some of, you know, some of the, like there's a pop class on Pac, there used to be a class on Pac, this and that, but like we're literally like people who are in the field and we are still, and we, and we're just infusing our students with what we know. Mm. And I mean, like, you know, I, I've seen, in college courses, like you said, they'll teach a Tupac course or teach how music, but you guys are also dealing you specifically like the, the skill of it, you know, like somebody goes to school to be a better mixing engineer, you know, or to like learn how to, you know, improve their whatever, the knowledge of jazz, like you're teaching skills and stuff like that, which is, is interesting. And it makes me wonder, um, you know, a good teacher, right? You're teaching any student, regardless. You know, you got your your kids. You know, this kid's the fucking smartest kid in the class. Mm -hmm. This kid's got to stay after school for some help. You ever get anybody that is you're just like shit, man? I now you don't have to you know say it to the face, but in your head, I'm like this. I, I no, stop, well, bro. Stop. Well, well, you know. Well, we first of all, we have two um, two different uh, technical classes. So like Mickey, Mickey Fax and Chilla Jones teach, teach kind of like the advanced techniques mm. where people come in and they're nice. Okay, like that's they, what I was going to ask. Like they're nice. Like, like they're better rappers than me. Like, like they are nice, but they're not Chilla Jones or Mickey Fax, right? And, the, and so we got like 50 different techniques we're teaching the, you know, both classes. And then Comic Book Cam teaches rap theory, which is, which they're nice also but you might have someone who's not as experienced or you might have someone who's more of a poet mm. or you might have someone who was more of a singer songwriter who wants to understand how to like put hip hop into their flow. Like, so there's really kind of two different levels and, and like Cam is like a genius at working with people of all levels in his class. And then, you know, if you're in a class with Mickey Fax and Chilla Jones, like you have to be elite already. And so the goal is to make everyone a dope, writer mc um with all these techniques that like you could be dope but you might not know what you're doing so like if you're if you're rhyming if you're rhyming and you have a rhyme in the middle that matches another rhyme in the middle then you have the end rhyme and then you and then you come back to that rhyme in the middle and then you hit on that end rhyme again and then you start the next quatrain with something that's rhyming with that middle thing like What's that called? Like we're putting, we got names for all that. Like your safety professors, like yeah. your shadow boxing. But this hip hop though, it's not, it's not, it's not like your classic like poetry names, right? So like we've got, we got special techniques. We got like we're we're gonna be teaching them how to reverse punchline, like where you where you have a punchline that works this way, and every single word, if you read it back the other way, works as a punchline as well. Like shit's crazy. And the the master class shit like 
I thought that was interesting because, you know, in all things, art, we got egos. You know, I used to have a bigger one. Thank God it's not. But, and, you know, and especially in hip-hop and MCs, I, I could expect people who, you know, were a little more fresh, wet behind the ears. But you say, you know, you got guys coming in who are already nice. It, it takes a lot for someone to be like, look, I'm, I'm good. I want to be better, especially like in, in hip hop. Man, yeah. there's a lot of bravado and egos are big. You're I'm surprised. You're, you're right on the head. You're you're nailing it because I, yeah. because look, the people who who like I'm thinking of a number of people. Like we have like some super talented writers, right? But there's there's just there's more to this than people know. And so the people who said, you know what, let me give this a try. They're like let, let me, like some people texted me. They're like, you already know me. Like you know what I do. Like is this going to be worth it? I'm like, give it a try. After one week, they were like, like we've already made our money back. Like we've already earned, uh, we like we've already got what we yeah. paid for within a month. Yeah. Uh, and so, so some people might say, you know, if some people say, um, you can't teach hip hop, or I don't need that. That would have like, been I'm, me I'm, 15 I'm, years I'm, ago. I'm, yeah, and look, <laughs> I had punk. I had some people do that. I remember when I first like was putting up uh, like showing that I was doing workshops and seminars uh, on how to write better rhymes, right? Yeah. I remember uh, Diabolic. Oh, yeah. Diabolic reached out. He's like, you actually teach that? Like, but it was kind of like, it was kind of like, wait, it, it wasn't like too complimentary. It was like, it was like people actually pay you for that. I, mean, I don't know. It wasn't really like a diss, but it was also like very like. Surprised at least. Like right? at least surprised. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, because I break it down in a way where people can understand it. Like someone like Diabolic, who's got you know all these great rhyme schemes and patterns and this and that, and um, but he might not be able to do what I do, which is break it down for a a, a learner, you yeah. know, break it down in terms that they may understand. And so I've been doing that for a long time, um, but now like combining with uh, rhyme college, putting it into Pendulum Inc. is definitely um, it's definitely like a dream come true. Yeah, and I'm sure. The longer is it's been around, more people are coming around to that realization. Like, like you know, like oh, okay, you know, um, this shit. It's it's not awkward to be in a structural setting, and you know, I don't know, people can benefit from it. Steel sharpens steel. Yeah, exactly. Right, steel. Yeah, and, and so like the like the right, how not awkward it is. It's it's actually the opposite. It's actually like we're becoming a family. Like this is like a family of writers, family, like, like the people that are in the advanced techniques class, they're always pushing each other. Um, then we got the rap theorists who everyone's helping each other out. Then they both come together for my rhymecology class, which, uh, which deals with social wellness and mental health and self-reflection mm. and, uh, you know, all the critical thinking and all that stuff. Like I do all that in rhymecology. So I got like my own little niche within Pendulum, but to to answer the real to answer that is like not only is it not awkward like like people are just becoming tighter and tighter and 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 everyone is each one teach one right? oh, yeah like, like you're like every, <laughs> like like they're helping each other out do you, um, yeah. like um how I was gonna say this um I mean do you ever I do you have like students who kind of come in and, and, and then eventually they feel like, all right, right, I got, I got what I need. I don't need mm. to fucking go to my master's degree at four years of college. Mm. It's cool. Mm. I'm out. No, uh, we've only had some people who had to, 
drop out for either financial or uh, like family situations. No one, no one's really come through and been like, you know what, this isn't what I wanted. Because if you're getting a rhymecology class, if you're getting a, 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 a technical class, if you're getting your home, your your homework is to write bars and spit them for Mickey Fax, or you know what I mean, you get all that, and then, and then at the end of the month. You get to be part in in a Zoom with a legendary MC, and you get to ask a question. Like, come on, like the price that we charge, like yeah. that's literally one month, and they're getting eight months of it. It's crazy. Like we had our first guest, Inspect the Deck. Oh, that's dope. First guest last month, Fonte. That's dope. This month, Master Ace. Master like, Ace. so they're all, so they're all, they're. Like they get to be in a room with these people that they would never have access to, and that's just on top of the teaching that we do. Are there like uh, like tests? Like you got to do a thesis paper type shit? You know what I'm saying to like elevate through the through the schooling yeah, of you, it all? Yeah, you have to show a mastery of certain techniques uh, in like a midterm as well as at the end. How harsh of uh, of, of yo, graders me, are you guys? <laughs> yo, my rhymecology. I don't grade rhymecology because it's more about uh, it's like more the, the healing aspect of uh, hip hop. Mickey and Chilla, they're they're pretty tough. Chilla, I'm gonna have to text you, bro, and ask you how harsh you are on these he, kids. He's man. pretty tough. Yeah, I've known Chilla for fucking before he was really knee deep in a battle game when he was just making you know music like songs and records. Mm -hmm. um, it's and it's like when I had him on here, it was so cool to, to see his elevation to being such a premier battle MC, which is very different. Like when I came up, when I was younger, it was like 16 person round robin off the head. You know, Free you stop. never, yeah, Free you never knew who you were going to battle. Yeah. And then some point it, it kind of progressed or transitioned into the uh, acapella mm -hmm. premeditated opponent. I know who I'm going to battle for five months ahead of time. We're going to write these verses. And I used to think like, God, it takes away some of the fun, but it was just the, the, the devotion, the dedication these cats had to go into it. It really made it like a sport of its own, you know, where you could have a fucking career just in that, you know, and be very successful. Well, think about trying to memorize yeah, like a two minute, two, two, two and a half minutes Three, three different two or three minute verses mm -hmm. on top of the showmanship you have to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, while, you know, we liked, you know, um, we all liked the off the top battles, uh, there's something to these as yeah. well. Um, like they're both, yeah, they're both, they're both incredible. No, that's dope, man. That's and then the best is, of course, when you have like that off the top rebuttal. Yeah, because uh, it's fresh. It's, I mean, no. Within one of, within like these, within uh, the modern style of battling, and when you have that off the top rebuttal, then it's like, ooh, okay, he's got that too. And uh, you mentioned that you worked in mental health for quite a bit of time, which is, um, I mean, I, uh, I almost became a psychoanalyst. Like I was in school for that shit. And um, I think it's like very, it's like a powerful tool. I, I did it for myself selfishly for that and then you know of you know help others you get clients patients whatever you, but um how do you incorporate that into what you do that's the magic that's you can't can't show me how the sausage is made i get it i respect you that, jeff walker no that's the, <laughs> that's that's the magic um like all right so i'll give you a little bit of an example so like if we're breaking down a verse by master ace Last night we had a class. 
Uh, and these are all my fault to cut in. I yeah. tend to do that. It was it's like a Zoom. It's all remote. It's all Zoom, yeah. Because yeah, we got we have students in you know India, Greece, you know, all over the place, East Coast, West Coast, Canada. Mm. So yeah, Zoom is definitely best for that. Um, but like, so say like last like last night we were breaking down a Master Ace first because Master Ace is our guest student this month, and uh, he's like. Uh, 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 when I look in the mirror, when I look in the mirror, I don't know who I see. At times, I don't know who I be. Am I even moving at all? Because I swear I can't tell if my life is improving at all. So he like sets up the verse for like talking in the mirror, not sure who he is, right? So I take that verse, we break it down, I break down all the techniques, bars, all that stuff, but mainly the emotion of it, right? Like how is this writer feeling so unknown as an artist, as someone who we know, but yet he feels hidden, like. So, so then, so then we, you know, I, I, I have, I have my students, I got my, uh, I got my students to look in the mirror, look at themselves, think about the past, present and future of them. And they write a verse about that. So like they're, I'm, I want you to rhyme about, you know, who you were, who you are and who you will be mm. in four to eight bars. Right. introspective shit because i noticed you said something about like uh what is it? shifting the narrative associated with um like the doubtful mindset right am i am i wrong is that right that's something the, the doubtful mindset of what uh um, like just pe people who raps doubtful mindset i thought i read that in like your bio or something like that well Maybe, um yeah well look there's a lot there uh, there's a lot of skepticism in hip-hop always and now now that everything is just so easy to get like there's less and less appreciation for great lyricists and artists already. So um, for us to be teaching this and for me to be doing rhymecology, uh, you know, going like, yeah, my whole history, my whole life has been doubted when it comes to this. Yeah. Like when it comes to this, like I've always been doubted. Like when I do rhymecology workshops at like music conferences, there ain't no other hip hop there. You know, there's like, it's all singer songwriters over and over singer songwriters how to get plays and then i come in yo art of hip-hop lyrics yeah. you want to know how to rhyme better come see me and it doesn't have to be hip-hop like so you know I'm, i got 90 100 people in the room and maybe five or ten might be hip-hop writers mcs lyricists the other ones are all singer songwriters but they're fascinated with the way that we put together words the way that you know, the, you know, we're masters of the multi-syllabic phrasings and and you know, you know the, the the rhyme within the rhyme and all that stuff. Like they don't really capture too well in the other genres. Mm -hmm. Like I can break that down to them without it even having to be hip hop teaching. So, so yeah, so so yes, my there's a, has been skepticism for me as a. a, a as a writer, white guy, the whole thing, I've I've faced it all. Yeah. Faced it all. Twenty years ago, you think you this would be happening? Do you think there would be a space for it? And do you think people's minds would be open to it? I mean, like I said, my older version of myself is a lot more stubborn and pig headed about uh hip hop and how it should be, you know, interpreted by anybody. Um, and I've grown since then. I, I think in general people's minds are more open now yeah um do you think I this think, is perfect think, timing yeah it is the perfect timing i don't think 20 years ago it would have been as well no i don't think it would have been very well received 
just because of what you said. Like we were coming out of, we were coming out of the nineties, right? It's like, we're coming out of the nineties into this new, like early two thousands, like backpacker era backpackers. You like, you can't teach a back, like backpack rap. Like, you know, like that, that whole scene, like you couldn't, I don't think it could have been done 20 years ago the way it is now. And people are definitely more open since the advent of like not only zoom but also like online courses like that kind of stuff like i think maybe 10 years ago we probably could have done it in person mm. but now is the perfect time for how we're doing it when we're doing it and with who we're doing it so the book um what a, what a gentleman dude this guy comes over and brings me a gift his book um i'm holding it for myself if you're listening listen with your eyes <laughs> it's it looks and I mean this in a good way. This is not a slight. It looks like a scholastic book. It looks like a book you would have in college because it's it's large. It's easy on the eyes. Did that on purpose. Um, yeah. yeah. See, smart dude, Jeff Walker. And it's, I don't know, it literally looks like a book you would have had in class, but it's fucking rhyming. And you also mentioned that there's like a historical elements to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if I'm, if I'm talking about a technique, right? Uh, a certain rhyming technique like a lot of times I'll, I'll be like this so-and-so might have been the first one to do this like when big daddy came put the choose and lose to abuse the foods the dudes right like okay so he he might have been the pioneer of doing that and then i break down to the reader how you can do that yeah. and then at the end of each chapter then at the end at the end of each chapter i basically have a list of like here, check if you want to hear great storytelling song, check this out, right? Yeah. Or if you want to hear great albums that are filled with this certain kind of rhyme scheme, oh, check this out. So again. you're doing a lot of your homework just to be writing these kind of books. Like you think I didn't do any homework. I just wrote the book because I already knew the shit and just all oh, you just like, I didn't <laughs> just a master professor like, over here. I love it. Like, like, hey, look here, like like double bonus, like albums featuring multi-syllabic chain link rhymes. Right there's your boy Saint Francis, uh, personal journals, copper gone, you know A Z, big pun, uh, M Cam, Doom, Papoose, like cool G, facts, you know like, so like in case you don't know, like here go check. It's a reference go, guide. Go it's check, a page. Go check out these. Yeah, man. Yeah, so art of hip hop lyrics, the book, uh, like it, like you can always expand upon shit, but this was the this is I think really the first book that really broke down the art of rhyming in hip hop and gave like it gave gave exercises at the end of it there's a lot of rhyming books right um, is there i don't i'm, I'm not aware yeah like uh, i have like screenwriting for dummies is it like shit like that i'm not no, being no 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 not 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 no, like not your book i'm saying no, these no, other no, books but no but even the other ones no there's there's ones that like give examples of stuff but they don't really give like hey okay now write eight bars using this technique um, and I even put in the book, I'm like, hey, feel free to email. I think I put it, I'm like, hey, feel free to email me your, your yeah, right here, boom, e email me. I don't, like, I'll, I'll read it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so there's not, there's not really a book like this um, that has the exercises, the examples, and some of the history in, in short little chapters, like three, four page chapters. I try to knock it all in dude i short and sweet that's how i write my shit i feel like that makes it a lot more palatable unfortunately um i feel like you know currently our attention spans have all shrunk and 
I don't like to placate to that, but I think it's, if that's what we're dealing with, especially like what you're doing, I think it's smart because it's an effective means of teaching. I write in shorter form and it gets me, you know, more readers, people want it. It's not so daunting. If you come with a book that looks like War and Peace or some fucking thick shit or a real intense educational book, it's almost overwhelming. But this, I don't know, I think you, it's presented in a way where I could take it in easy, yes. in a good way. You, you, user-friendly. Yeah, user-friendly. Right? User you you said it better. You want it to be user-friendly, like, like when I was writing, I just felt like I was like, all right, if I if I was sitting across the table from Jake talking about Rakim, like, like how would I explain Rakim? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would compare him to Francisco Goya, this Spanish painter who there was a lot of great painters before, but then he did something just a little bit different. You know what I mean? He just did a little different, and then all of a sudden, people said, "Oh, you can paint like that." So you know, that's Rock. There was a lot, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there were artists in albums like like Rakim that changed the whole landscape, changed the whole fucking dynamic of, of that element. When was the last, or who do you think was like one of the last artists, and this could go be a while, that, that had an impact like that where, you know, like nothing's new, it's just how you do it, but it, it just changed shit for a while. Is there anybody since 2000? I would, I would, I would, I mean, I would say yes, but it doesn't mean it's for the good. Yeah, no, no, I'm in for the good. Yeah, there's plenty, I think, yeah, for the thumbs down version, plenty. Yeah, like, um, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, there's been a lot of change for the bad. Uh, and then I think, I, it feel it feels to me like people have just really been expanding upon the, the, the blueprint laid, yeah. laid by, by these, some of these 90s guys, like, like, but I will say this. I will say, like, if you think about like a Mickey Fax, um, who is the the wordplay is extremely different than it was in the golden era. So, like, like a like a Mickey Fax, like a, like a Elzai, like people, like what Pharaoh Monch is even doing nowadays. Like, like the way that they're twisting words, yeah, um, and making double triple meanings out of them. I would say I, I would say that that has changed, and that is um, like some of these students, like in the pendulum class now, like the way they write, like it's because they listen to, you know, the wordplay that you know, like a like a like a like a fax or a pharaoh ha have really focused on. But in the '90s, it, it was like it was slight. It was slight. Now it's like every bar has to be. You know something interesting. Yeah, there's something not, surprising. Not a setup bar just for a line. Everything has to be like a. My man used to say even a, a setup. Bar is, even a setup. Yeah, is, is, setups are still yeah complex now. Yeah. Um, you know, like like what like lines. Like, what did Mickey say? He said. Uh, he said it. Uh, I. They weren't stand. I dated stand up chicks. Oh, hold on, we should cut this. Cause I, <laughs> I, I want to pull. I want to pull this up. This would be a good, good, good little. Uh, so the, the Mickey. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So for example, like, like right, here's a few different examples of like the intricate writing, right? So before I get to Mickey, like say someone like Elzai, like, like my name holds weight, like tipping scales. These clips and shells will make dudes strip like Chip and Dales. Y'all whack should fall back. Y'all slipped and fell. L's ripping well. Deliveries like shipping mail, right? So that's just like, just dope rhyming, right? The, the y'all whack should fall back. Is uh, is a shadow boxing. We call it a nice, inter nice internal there. But that's just like dope rhyming. 
uh, uh, similes, dude strip, I'll make you strip like Chippendales, all within a cool scheme, right? So that's, he's he's one of the best at that, you know? I'm past nights, floss jewels, flash ice, hit the green twice and get higher than the gas price. Yeah. Okay, boom, like nice bar, right? That was that's nice. Then you got like, but then you got like a Sage Francis who like might rhyme every word in a sentence, right? So instead of just saying like twi uh, gas twice, gas price, he might say, you know, the anguish of, uh, the anguish of hidden skin is letting my ghost be shown. Plus the language it's written in is especially close to home. Like what? This guy just rhymed literally every word, the anguish rhymed with the language and the hidden skin was written in and, and letting me, my ghost be shown, especially close to like, Come on, dude, that shit's crazy to tell a story like that. So that's another, like, this is just another style, right? But so like Mickey Fax is like is the master of like the double triple entendre. So he says he might say something like, I blew checks before I was verified. Dated twins who weren't stand-up chicks, paralyzed. So you wait, you think about it, you're like, okay, blue checks, that's the little verified. Okay, I blew checks, I was blowing money. Okay, fine, that's cool. But then he said he dated twins who weren't stand-up chicks. Paralyzed. Wait, if you can't stand up, what are you? You're paralyzed. And also, if you're not a stand-up person, you're a liar. So they're a pair of lies. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Dude. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm like. There's le there's levels to this, right? So, um, so so if you just think about like just those three quick examples I just spouted off, like imagine being able to learn all this shit in one place, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Mick. So Mickey is a master of it, and he is teaching it right now. And so. Um, that's why a lot of students came on because they study the art of it. They study, they know that this, they, this is a guy who's currently killing it. I mean, he just killed Royce the five, nine in a diss track and Royce never even came back. So favorite diss track all the time. Um, no Vaseline. Mm. I had a gut feeling he was going to come with that. Uh, the bitch in you. Yo, get Jeff Walker, give it up right there. The bitch. That's my favorite. The, but it doesn't get enough love, dude. It doesn't. It doesn't. And you got Common coming against fucking West Side Connection. I'd say oh. I, I go. I vacillate a little bit. No pun intended. Between between the <laughs> look, two. Look at you writing better rhymes on the podcast, you uh, motherfucker. But because that was the first diss track that was really creative that used the Yo, words. So what Mickey did that. was Wraith when he took down Royce the Five Nine. That was the bitch in you on steroids. I haven't heard that shit. You need to hear it. It's it's crazy. It's like a anyway. So so but those uh, no Vaseline bitch in you uh, uh, wraith has climbed in there. Which you know I wouldn't think a new track did, but it definitely climbed in there. Uh, those those are probably top three. Um, yeah, those are my top three diss tracks. What um, and I was talking to you about you know how it took a long time for me to get into Tupac, and when I did, it made sense because I I used to write poetry. I, I fucking I still do. Mm -hmm. It's like my job, and, and I appreciated Pac in a different way. When I was younger, you know, Biggie, Nas, all the Wu Tang Guru, like I'm East Coast dudes, like very very skilled or what I viewed at the time skilled, technically skilled MCs, yep. right? Yeah. And as I got older, I was making music. I had to learn, not even had to, it just came about. I was learning to appreciate the musicality of it all. Not just who was nice, but do I want to listen to this song? This is going to sound like a fucking diss, but group home, right? Yeah. You got Premiere, one of the best of all time. The first album's fire. You take those dudes away from Premiere. You're not quoting 
<laughs> little dab lyrics. And I'm not saying so fucked up. No, there's zero chance. But, but that album, I fucking listened to. There is zero chance you'd be quoting yeah, that album. Yeah, but the production, they made some good songs. I can still memorize by just listening their words. Do you guys incorporate anything about like this, not just the, the, the lyrical songwriting, but like the structure of writing songs, making shit actually palatable right. to the ears? Right, yeah. So we're, so we have an eight, it's like an eight month program this, this year. Like it's it's an eight month program. That's like how long the the class is. That's, how, that's how like we're we're going for eight months. <laughs> like we're like we're stretching. No summer break. Get fucked, no, kids. No summer break. No summer break. No vacation for you. Uh, uh, and so we're going to cover all that. And so you know that's what the rhymecology aspect is, is because I don't want we we don't want them just to be syllable robots. Mm, okay. Yeah. Because it's easy to be like. Yo, 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 I'm a super spiritual, lyrical, and material, and the physical, and then okay, I'm infusing emotion. Like I'm like I want these guys to be able to um, infuse their life story so other people can can relate to it. Because when you talk about all the great songs that you relate to, sometimes it's a group home, like because you like the beats. But sometimes it's when, like when Guru said, I put down my knife, put down the, you know, put, yeah. put down the knife, and you put down the knife, my, my, my only crime was that I'm too, too damn, damn kind, yeah. right? So like, like what, sometimes like those are the things that you can quote more than a little dap, right? It hits you in the heart, it, you know, it's an emotional touch. So, so we definitely are tapping on all that. Um, like, you know, Fonte last month, last month just teaching us. Te teaching us and the students, you know, how to structure a song, yeah. where you want your strongest bars to be, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I always thought that was like a, like in the 90s, the, it, albums, I was listening to albums, you know, like Organized Confusion albums, like like not just the songs and not just for the verses, but they made, everyone was making songs. And then, you know, the late 90s, there was, you know, the big underground boom. And, and then, you know, I probably nerded out a little bit and I would just get so obsessed with, with the verses and, and what somebody was saying, mm. not as much of how they were saying it and did it sound good. And I found as time went on, I wasn't listening to the shit as much anymore. I was just still going back to the songs, the albums, the records that I like to listen to. And, um, you know, I feel like making records, I mean, you got to be nice. You got to have verses. You got to touch people's souls. Like you said, that's the shit that keeps going back. Like that moment of truth fucking record we were looking at earlier. You're singing like lyrics from that now. I mean, that shit hit me at a time in my life. And I can listen to any song off that album and it transports me back there. And... Um, you know, I think like that's the shit I, I love most about it, like the 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 re-listenable, yeah, re-listenable qualities. But that's my that's my question though. There were there were there. That's my question about what's currently happening. Like, are people who listen to like the the singy songy mumble rapper yeah. people? Well, I'm not are, saying go that way. But, but no, no, I'm saying yeah. are like youth who listen to that this now? Are they going to be our age one day, looking back like? Oh man, yo, that 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 Migos or that Uzi Vert song just man, yo, you know that really brings back, and it might be like because yeah. I think throughout history that's usually what it is. Uh -huh. You know, if my dad listened to Chuck Berry and Little Richard, like Buddy Holly, then then that brings him back. It's and like a to time this day, He's like, yo, like yeah, that's that's real music. Okay, I get yeah. it. And I'm like, yo, yo, I'm like, I'm like a gang star, like. You know, Gangstar, early Nas, like that's real rap. You yeah. know what I mean? So I wonder. I, I wonder about. I, I guess I would assume that it's gonna still be transportable into the future for for 
impressionable youth now, I assume, but there's so little emotion involved in it. I just don't know what they're going to relate to. Like everyone, it feels to me as an older person now, like feels like they're numb. Like the music is numb and the people listening to it mm-hmm. is numb and that's how they relate. And it's like, just, yeah, it's different. I, I um, there was like a period probably, I don't know, like around like 2008 to really like 2016. Um, it was hard for me to like a lot of new shit. I, I found myself almost forcing myself to try to like shit because people were I'm like, yo, I just, not a lot of new hip hop I was digging. And then, you know, five, six years ago, it's almost like a new renaissance of, I hate using the word like underground mm-hmm. or true school, but mm-hmm. there's a shitload of fucking artists and they're, they're not like the MTV crowd, whatever, but they're fucking on all the big festivals with those dudes. You know, they're getting a lot of love and, and appreciation from like, you know, you know, ball players and Drake will like like a fucking Griselda song or a Rock Marcy song. And that shit's like, I love seeing it. And I'm actually finding that there's more music in the last five years that I've wanted to listen to than the five, 10 years before that. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, maybe you disagree. No, but well, you know, the, the, with the way that people, it's so easy for people to put out music. You have more possibilities to make more songs, to make more records. You don't have to be in a studio mm-hmm. with someone. You know, Benny doesn't have to be in the studio with 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 Conway. They could yeah. be on a different coast, and they're still making a track, and they can yeah. throw throw. So there is so with with the technology, it's definitely make it easier. I will say, like from two thousand eight to two thousand sixteen, like like there it's there, but it just wasn't as present like like you have to dig you have to dig a little bit yeah i mean like apathy was putting out great shit in in that time you know what i mean like lupe put out some yeah lupe put out some you know what i mean like no there was definitely those those are even like the bigger names but like you know like els i was prep still prep pharaoh like all these people they're still doing stuff in that time um but it's just you you know it's just not in your face so yeah maybe you're right because now you know social media and streaming services and I don't know. I just find that there's not like an album at least a month that I'm like fucking banging with new shit, which is like something Jake the Snake was so fucking bitter about shit some years ago. I would still be clinging to old shit because it was the only shit that really soothed me. And I'm just, I'm happy right now as a fan. As a fan, it's easy for me. Yeah. And so in 2008, it was uh what it was uh the 99 cent songs right on apple, on apple i think oh yeah like, yeah like now like now yeah you're right now you're like you probably you're, oh, shit, all right what's the new release this month it's yeah. almost it's almost too I mean, much shit sometimes comes out I'm like fuck i didn't know that fucking whatever this mark homie just dropped because he'd be dropping shit like under the rug like left and right and i'm like oh shit but the, that's the that's the good and the bad yeah so when when the uh when our albums when we used to go to the warehouse or go to Tower, Tower or Circuit yeah. City or you know Sam Goody to you know line up on a Tuesday to get our record. Like, we knew it was coming, right? And it was so exciting. Right? Now, like we don't even know when someone drops something because because the albums are now not competing with each other. Yeah, yeah. They're competing with ESPN on your phone, YouTube yeah. on your phone. They're competing mm. with text on your phone. They're mm. competing. They're competing with the Amazon order you got to finish. You're like, and so you pick this shit up and you're like, oh, I gotta go listen to that. Uh, I gotta go listen to that new, that new whatever. And you're, oh shit, hold on. There's this new uh, Rogan podcast, or, or there's this, or you know, and like, oh yeah, yeah there's so on. many oh, fucking I options. Finished, in I didn't finish my order yet. Oh damn, you know what? I got Netflix on my phone. I'm still trying to finish that last episode of Ozark, and then the album is like, hmm. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard yeah. to compete, dude. 
you know, like, I mean, shit, if you was driving, if I was borrowing my mother's car when I was a kid, it, you know, CDs or tapes, and now you get, you know, if you don't, there's satellite radio or your phone's plugged into your fucking car, you've got history podcasts for five hours, you've got all this shit. It's almost sometimes overwhelming and too much. I kind of miss the simplicity. Like when you travel, you know, like. Well, that's why you got you got the, the, the turntable yeah, over there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, dude, when I travel, I used to travel a lot for work, working in music, and I'd be in hotel rooms, and like, I hate commercials. I hate ads. It kills my attention span. But there's something I liked about being in a hotel. Like I had to watch whatever was on a TV. I can't pick my favorite movie. I can't spend five hours finding yes. some indie foreign flick. I, you got to settle for Seinfeld with commercials. Isn't that funny? Like I miss it, dude. I miss it, Jeff Walker. You, you can do it. Get I'm, get Pluto TV. What is that? Pluto TV. It's, it's, just, this, it's just this app. Oh, it's that app. Oh, it's, it's, so it's got commercials. It's, so I can... it, it's an app. It has commercials, but it's whatever's on TV, right? So, and it's free, right? It's a free, it's a free thing that you like, say you had an Airbnb. Oh, it doesn't even matter. Like it, you, you, this Pluto TV, you throw it on there and I, I do it because I want to watch whatever is on there. Right. Yeah. So like the other day and, and they have literally just channels dedicated to one thing. Like they're like, like there's like a, a Narcos channel. It's just Narcos all day long. <laughs> it's right like up my alley. Star dude. Trek all day long. I'm like, okay. You know, yeah, um, so like I got into that Action Bronson fuck it's delicious the other day yeah. and I had never seen it before I'm like well it's on yeah. so I, but if I if it, I if I if I put on Netflix and I'm like yo oh, let me try to search like yeah I can look for thirty minutes I'm like dude, okay easy. now let me go to Amazon Prime now let me go to the yeah because you never get you shit. don't want to settle it's you never like, get shit we don't like to settle as humans you know we're constantly on a quest for the best sometimes that's in our relationships like right. I like this girl. But you know what? Maybe this girl's better. Or this job, whatever it is. And that's like the same thing. Like, what am I in the mood to listen to right now? Not enough. That's my favorite watching, album for this. I don't want to say that watching, And what if you're watching with like your wife or your or, or your girlfriend or whatever and you're and you're like, you know, do you think you could watch this? Huh? No, no. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. And then you're scrolling forever. And then it's so like so they're anyway, so that so I got this one TV that has no cable. And it just came with, all you have to do is connect the thing to the Wi-Fi. And I just throw on this Pluto TV every time I like exercise or whatever. And I'm just like, whatever's on, yeah. it's going to be good. I might watch the old Family Ties. I don't ah, care. Like, family you know Ties. I mean? like, it back. There's a whole Family Ties channel. There's a whole, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so it's just consistent with commercials. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, if, if you missed it, I got your, I got your solution. I was with my man and he had like um, a car with a CD player, which... Isn't it's common these days, you know what I'm saying? I want a tape player. Fuck, Bro, fuck my CD mother player. threw out all my mixtapes. I love you. Ah! Kathleen, I love you, but you know this is never gonna fucking go away. Ah. I mean, I'm talking like Tony Touch tapes, doo-wop tapes, rock rated tapes, tapes I would tape off like um 889 was a college radio station in Boston. It was like RWKCR. Uh, anyway, Sad. sorry, let me get that out Sad. of my system. Get that out of the, get but, out of your chest. Yeah, my man had a, had a, he had a CD book, and I was like, God damn, I ain't seen one of them. So it was, we could only listen to like the 30 whatever he had in there that wasn't scratched. And he's throwing in fucking like stunts, blunts, and hip hop, and you know, whatever he had on tap. And that's one of my favorite albums of all time. But it was, it was kind of fun. We were driving around, and it's like, yeah, we have a very small selection. I love this album, that album, and then you're almost like, not forced to, but you you hone in on it a little more. You appreciate it a little more. That's that's the art of the long play, right? Yeah, that's the art. Like you, you, like speaking of like speaking of like a master ace or something. Like his albums are all concept albums from two thousand and one forward. He has these story concept albums that literally every every song is a chapter in the story. And so I was trying to explain to the students the other day. I'm like. 
I'm like, yo, don't just go put on his most popular song on 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 uh, on, uh, on on Spotify. I'm like, like I'm looking at this uh, for you those who can't see. I'm like looking at this chapter I'm, in my book I wrote on like disposable arts. So it's, it's great album. So it's like you know the concept follows follows a Brooklyn man played by Ace who returns home da 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 and he, and he goes to learn hip hop. So every song relates to this crazy story, right? With and so long play long play right um and that is something that it's going to be hard to bring back but everything is cycles right you know vinyl sold more records yeah. last year or the maybe the year before but i think last year than any year in its history that's so ill and that's expensive before there were cds yeah. and tapes and streaming yeah there was only vinyl, and yet it sold more records last year than any year in history. I mean, the sound quality you get from records is, I mean, fuck MP3s, CDs, none of that. You can't get that warmth, that body. And if you're somebody who really appreciates music of any genre, you want to hear it, you're never going to hear it better than, than that. Have a, puff, have a puff with your headphones and, and a vinyl yeah. record. Oh, man, yeah. It's, <laughs> I miss, you know, Whenever I, I blaze, I listen to Lupe, uh, uh, the Drogas Wave album. I don't know why, but for some reason, like he's so ethereal and like like like. Dude, you hit me with all these professor university words. That, I'm a writer. I don't even know what that word means. You made me feel silly. What does that mean, Jeff Walker? Ethereal. It means it, it means Lupe's wave album. You gotta listen to when you're blazing, and then you'll get it. No, but it's just it's like it's it's it's. it's I can't explain it. I can only let. I don't even. Only when I'm blazed, I, I put that thing on, and it just takes me into another world. And I love not, it. And most, yeah, it's crazy. So, anyway, yeah, vinyl, that that feeling, ugh. yeah, it's the best. And I mean, I like going to record stores, and it's harder to find when you go to a record store for me, old like used records, not not necessarily old old, but even like two years old or whatever. Hip hop is the hardest to find. Of all the genres, you get like the new shit, still packaged, crispy, hasn't been fucking. No, I'm not open. into that. I don't. I'm not even. I want, I want my shit tattered. Yeah, with exactly. Like, with, with some yellow tape, like on the. And corner. it's hard for me to find a lot of shit like that. Like I, we were talking before the podcast, I've been trying to hunt down Daylight's um, Stakes Is High on vinyl, which is, I mean, even trying to buy a CD of that would have been is insane. It's and Tommy Boy and them have had an yeah, outstanding big, beef of big issues. Yeah, and it's like I love Daylight's whole catalog. I don't have them anymore thanks again ma so it's like i want that on vinyl dude and it's fucking impossible to find it and it, I mean, you're paying 350 for a, for an old one which you looked at discogs no i should see i need your knowledgeable um brain to share some of that with me dude, you, you strike fun. me as a very sharp guy dude smart man you write books you teach classes i do, do a few i do a few things do a few things um, so which one were your stakes that you wanted? yeah with the con with the common feature oh dude most deaf on that shit fresh off the bush babies era i mean i'd take de la soul's dead too but stakes is high for some reason is my favorite de la album yeah. uh, and i you know it like again I, I there was like emotional things going on in my life and it was just soothing at the time i i, I don't know i just transports wow. me back man even on pricey right i'm gonna tell you right now it's mainly cds god damn it for, hold on for sale Tommy Boy, let it go. Put it on streaming. I'll buy it again. Oh, cassette is sixty dollars. I need which, to get a cassette player. But uh, uh, I, I, 
I collect major cassettes now. So yeah, well, that cassette sales of, is becoming another thing now too. Like, li like artists have put a limited pressing of, of cassettes as well, and it's, some it's people buy them more I, just to have them. I'm all about it. I just I just bought the, the Fred the Godson's last kind of last thing. I bought I bought Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib on cassette. Oh like, yeah, so, that's fine. Like, I I got like probably I probably have like 200 cassettes currently. Um, and but like ninety percent are like original, old, old original ones. And that couple, I got a couple of new ones, right? And then the vinyl, yeah, I probably got like five hundred vinyl, and uh, it's probably like seventy-five percent old with with some new ones thrown into. A collector, a collector. So, are you gonna do? Are you gonna write another book? Um, like a, I don't know what you would call like a a higher class. Or higher student level sh type shit. Higher level. Um, I that's probably going to come within our pendulum book. I'll, pro I'll probably expand upon this a little bit. And I, just so you know, as I'm looking, they're pretty much all two hundred dollars. Uh, two. They're, they're like two. Well, there's one one eighty five, two hundred. Uh, Sometimes you can't put a price on things you love. One fifty, and then some, you can. I guess shit. Here's a hundred. Oh, that's cassette. Damn. Yeah, see, wow, that's, <laughs> the that, vinyl like it was hard to even crazy. find the record, dude. That's Most... crazy. That's one of the highest I've seen. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, Discogs is a good uh, app which you can get vinyl and CDs and cassettes shipped to you. Another fucking over. app, yo. So that Black Star album that's I think just came out. Luminary. Madlib produced it all. I I love Black Star from back in the day. Madlib's kind of like my favorite producer um then they yeah they they put it out but you got to get a new app and this and that and like you know just to keep it funky like that shit kind of bummed me out and makes me not want to get it and I like my boy was like yo i ain't paying to listen to quality i'll pay for some mad lib and most def but it's like do i need another fucking app on my phone and i while i respect like the business aspect of it it's kind of like kanye making that bluetooth speaker you need to buy it it Bummed me out because I really wanted to listen to it, but now I'm like, I'll get to it when I get to it. Someone else it, will. Yeah, it'll, I mean, you can listen on YouTube. Sad, sad yeah. for them, but but I, I like the Luminary app. I got it a while ago. Uh, it's got the Midnight Miracle, which is uh, uh, the Chappelle show with with uh, most and yeah, Summit. and like it's just really a good listen. Like you hear the record, uh, they play music. Yeah. It's really dope. And, but yeah, I listen, I listen to this app. It's got like the Russell Brand. It's got the, Are those, is that only on that platform? Those podcasts? I got it for this poetics with Omari, Omari oh. Hardwick. Uh, the fiasco shit is really crazy because they go so into these fiascos, mm -hmm. like Iran Contra stuff. I like stuff. Yeah, dude, I, uh, we can have a whole other episode about that shit, dude. So like, this is, you know, long, long form. So this is all on that little yeah. thing. So I didn't even, you know, I didn't even know like how the Sonics got, got taken out of Seattle. Like, so there's, yeah, there, there is some good stuff. I bought it. It was pretty cool. You got it before the Black Story. I'm I, out. I bought I'm it. It's that. like, I think they didn't know it was going to happen. And then they said, Hey, what if you just paid $34 to have this for a lifetime? This app. Well, okay. So I paid. I think I paid thirty four dollars, and I think I have this forever now with all this stuff. So for me, that's a so yeah, hell you, of a deal. Yeah, that is. Uh, you believe it or not, at one point in time, I used to teach uh, kindergarten and after school. I was like young, and um, 
and I could monitor my language good at the time. <laughs> but, you know, you have good days and bad days. Some students are good, some are crazy. And sometimes, you know, somebody got to get sent to the principal's office. Sometimes you got to raise your voice. You ever have a, you ever got to be authoritarian in your, in your teachings? You ever have a bad pupil? Smack him on the wrist with a ruler like a nun in Catholic school? Mm. No. Uh, not at not at pendulum. Um, you don't got. I don't think. No, I don't think. I think with. I think with the way that rhymecology is, like it just kind of lends itself to, or maybe the way that I come across or whatever it is. Like, I just don't have those issues because we're just talking about life. We're talking about real shit through hip hop through through the through the lens of hip hop. But really, it's about you and what's inside of you, where you've been and where you're going. So like when we you when you're getting real with someone like that. Yeah. And people want to be there, right? This isn't fucking fourth grade. This is it's like college. So you've chosen to be there because you have a passion for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I so with so I haven't had so no, I haven't really had that in my in that experience. All right. Jay-Z Nas arm wrestling match. Who wins? 